Welcome to the Yin Yoga Podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Ryle, and today I'm going to be offering a practice to you, which is devoted to understanding the relationship between the hip and the shoulder. Now, to do this, we will utilize some awesome somatic strategies. So I've taken little bits and pieces from a Feldenkrais lesson called Hip to Shoulder, and we'll also be using some other somatic techniques such as visualization and imagining. And of course, we will prioritize the experience over any individual movement or pose. All of this yogi is designed to help you to cultivate the teacher that is within you. I hope you enjoy your practice. I'd like to tell you about an opportunity that I have coming up this fall. I'll be offering a 40-hour yin yoga teacher training November 12th through the 17th in Omaha, Nebraska, and also virtually. This is my favorite training to offer. I absolutely love working with yoga teachers and with yin enthusiasts. I believe that we yinsters are the true yoga geeks because we really want to know why. And so that's what this training is chock full of. So in this training, you will learn rock salad sequencing. You will learn the art of theming and storytelling. But what you will really learn is the science of yin. So for example, how does that my theme that I'm presenting to my class affect the nervous system? How does any individual pose impact not just muscles and connective tissue, but also the other important tissues of the body, the circulatory system, the nervous tissue? How do the poses impact cells? How do they impact healing? So if this all sounds great to you, I hope that you will check the show notes because I've left a link in there for you so you can learn more about this 40-hour yin yoga teacher training. Take your blanket and make it, one of your blankets, and make it a little thicker. And that's going to go to the back of your mat. You want it to be a little thicker. And the reason is because I'm going to have you actually laying on your left side with your head on that blanket. And I don't want your head too much tilted down or too much tilted up. I want your head just perfectly in line with the rest of your spine. And as you come over and you lay down on your left side, draw your knees up a little bit. Left arm is just going to stretch out in front of you. It's not under your head. It's out in front of you. And your right arm is going to rest on your side. Or if you happen to have a pocket in your pants, you could put your hand in your pocket. Yeah. So any, any time I have your arm on your side for your practice today, you can use your pocket if you want. But for now, let's take a moment to settle in. Let's take a moment to settle into the breath. Settle into the body. Settle into the present moment with its present circumstances. And then with your left fingertips, find your right collarbone. 
and your right collarbone. And use your fingertips to sort of explore the dimensions and position of the right collarbone right now. Noticing that your collarbone starts right in the middle where your neck meets your chest and then moves outward all the way to the place where your shoulder becomes your arm. And then just find a nice, easy place for those left fingertips to land and to remain on the right collarbone and really gently start to move the right shoulder forward and back. Keep this movement isolated in the shoulder. Just moving the shoulder forward and back. And don't worry about, about making a big movement. It can be pretty mild right now. Notice what happens with the collarbone when you move your shoulder. Does it stay exactly in the same place? Or does it move around? Go really slow. When we do these somatic movements, we want to move really slowly because the movement itself is insignificant, completely unimportant. The most important thing is the experience you have. Notice what, what is the preference of your head and neck? Like when your shoulder comes forward, what, what happens with your head? And when your shoulder moves back, what's the inclination for your head and neck? What do they do? Let's just do one more forward and back. And then finding a nice central position for the shoulder. Keep your knees bent at this angle, which is roughly 90 degrees, but split your legs. So your top foot, your right foot slides back and your left knee slides more out to the left. That's right. And with your left fingertips still on your right collarbone, bring both of the knees up to the ceiling. So your legs come up almost in a windshield wiper movement and you roll to your back. Now your hips are too far to the right for where I'm going next. So I'd like for you to push down into your feet and shift your hips more toward the center of the mat. And then windshield wiper both knees to the left with your feet quite wide on your mat. And then windshield wiper your knees up to the center. Yep, so we're just gonna go to the left and back to the center. Keeping those left fingertips on your right side collarbone because the movement, this movement that you're doing, not super important. What's important is that you notice what happens with your right side collarbone when your knees windshield wiper to the left and when they return back to the center. Keeping both of your shoulder blades planted on the mat, cross your right arm over your chest as well, just to keep it out of the way. And just do a few more windshield wiper knees left. And back to the center. And notice if anything has changed with your collarbone. What is the preference of your head and neck? So when you were moving your shoulder before your collarbone was moving and your head was moving. Now that you're moving your hips, your collarbone is moving. Should your head be perfectly still? Or will there be a shift? With your feet quite wide, your feet quite wide, next time both knees drop over to the left, please stay. 
please stay. And then roll your torso so you're back on your left side again with your arms across your chest. Now keep your legs in this position, this windshield wiper position, but roll your heart open so it faces the ceiling. And then roll back onto your left side, keeping your knees both pointing to the left, your feet quite wide on your mat. Go slow. Let's do two more. And the next time your heart has rolled open, keep it. Keep your feet wide, at least as wide as your mat. Knees still tilted to the left. Open your arms out to the side. And in your imagination only, no movement, in your imagination only, pretend that your knees are windshield wipering to the left and then back up. And in your imagination only, this movement is occurring. Now divide your attention between the imagined movement and the tone, the attitude, the character of the right side collarbone as you imagine the movement of your knees, windshield, wipering left and back to center. No, not at all. You're fine. Yes. Is it okay on the knee? Yes. Okay. Sure. Just a couple more times that windshield wiper movement, noticing the character, the quality, the attitude of the right side collarbone through your imagined movement. And then settle, settle the body fully, no longer imagining, and settle the right side collarbone into an attitude that is the most supportive of this pose, in this moment, in this body, right now. Take one more breath here. And as you begin to roll back onto your left side, draw that top knee, that right knee into your chest. Use your hands to gather it in. Hold it nice and tight as you are here on your left side. Take a breath. And then stack that top thigh, that right thigh on top of the left thigh. Knees are drawn up slightly towards your chest. Left fingertips on right side collarbone. Right arm is on your side or hand in your pocket. This time, don't move the shoulder forward and back. Move the hip, that top hip forward and back. Uh-huh. 
And try to keep it isolated. Obviously, if your hip moves, your knee moves. Let's try not to move the shoulder right now. What would that be like? Just to keep it pretty isolated in the lower body right now. And please move remembering that it's not so much the movement as the experience. I often, when I teach this one, this is a hip to shoulder lesson. We're just going to do uh, some distinct little sections of this lesson. But when I teach this one, I see people trying to move their hip with their lower leg or with their knee or their ankle gets involved. This is a pretty challenging movement to coordinate, which is why you're trying to do it in all different places. But I will give you one tip. I try to be intentionally ambiguous about my expectations so I don't over-influence you, but this movement will come from a place that's much deeper than expected. It's much less obvious than you expect. Let's just do a few more of your hip forward and back with the noticing of what's happening with the right side collarbone. What is happening with the right side collarbone when your hip moves forward and when your hip moves back? And the next time your hip moves forward and your knee slides forward, keep it. Hold. And once again, draw that right knee into your chest. Use your hands. Hold it in tight with your hip forward, 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 forward. And now start to pull the hip back and use your bottom hand, your left hand, to catch the front of your right ankle. Pull the hip back. Point the knee up and catch the front of your ankle with your left hand. And then deposit your left foot flat just in front of your left thigh. Just in front of your left thigh. Keep your left hand holding your right ankle and open your chest up. Open your chest all the way up. So you're in the twisted pigeon, right? Your left hand is holding your right ankle. Both knees are deeply bent. Right fingertips find right collarbone, right to right. Right fingertips find right collarbone. And do this hip moving forward and hip moving back movement a few times. Try to keep it isolated in your hip. Yeah, so you're going to kind of poke that knee up. And then you're going to pull, not just allow gravity to draw your hip back and down, but also use, use that something that's deep, deep inside that's not very obvious to pull it back. And then something else, which is also opaque, to pull your knee up and forward. And then hip back. And once you've mastered that movement, divide your attention to notice the collarbone. What's happening with the right side collarbone when your knee pokes more to the left? Do you feel it? There's an attitude there. There's a firmness. There's an intention. And when your hip comes back and gravity helps it, something changes. It's not just a movement. It's a it's a character. Yeah. And the next time your hip moves back and your right collarbone finds that soft, yielding character, just stay. Your hip back and release your right arm out to the right. 
So the top knee is pointed up in this pose. Mm -hmm. And the hip is not at all stacked. It's sinking back just like that. Yes, beautiful. That's good. And just in your imagination, not at all moving, imagine that hip moving forward and back. And even just imagining, you probably notice a little, a little shift and the attitude of the right collarbone, even when you're not moving. And once again, settle into an attitude of yielding and softness. And I'll just leave you in your static pose here for several breaths. Nothing to do. Just one more breath and twisted pigeon. Carefully bring yourself back onto your back with your feet flat. Get yourself centered on your mat. Make sure your head isn't too high, right? It's not too much higher than it would be normally. And start to do a little pelvic tilting. So initially, roll your tailbone down, feeling your low back lift up off of the ground. And then roll your tailbone up, feel your low back press into the floor. Just kind of rolling up and down the spine, the butt crack. Bring your palms to your chest and cross the hands so the opposite fingers are touching collarbones. And as you do your pelvic tilting, notice what's happening with your collarbones.
And if your collarbones are shifting, does it make sense to you that also your neck would be shifting, that the vertebra of your neck would be shifting in your head, your chin moving? Let's do one more. Anterior and posterior. And then roll over onto your right side with your right arm stretched out. Draw your knees up, make sure the blanket is high enough, but not too high. Uh -huh. The left arm is resting on your side or your hand in your pocket. Your right fingertips are on your left collarbone. Use your fingers to explore the dimensions, position, attitude of your collarbone. So that right hand, the bottom hand, is on the left collarbone. Mm -hmm. And you'll begin to shift the left shoulder forward and back. Keep it isolated. And use your fingers to notice what's going on with my collarbone right now. These somatic lessons are so charming, I think. They have so much character to them. And they have such an innocence about them because these lessons don't recognize our hang-ups about certain movements. Because this lesson is saying, you know what? Having your shoulder rolled forward and your awareness of that is equally as valuable as pulling your shoulder back. Because subjectively, most of us are trying to pull our shoulder back, shoulders back all day, right? That's the good movement, according to our culture. And having your shoulder rolled forward, that's a bad movement. But this lesson is so charming because it's like, oh, come on, it's all good. Notice your head and your neck, how they have a preference when your shoulder comes forward and when your shoulder returns to center and when it comes back. And then keep your knees bent about 90 degrees, just like they are now. They're just fine the way they are. But you're gonna slide your bottom knee more to the right and you're gonna slide your left knee more back to the left. So your legs are split. And the arches of your feet are sort of matched up to, to the, the long edges of your mat. And then windshield wiper your knees up to the ceiling. You're too far to the left. Your butt is too far to the left. Bring it closer to the center, although not centered. And then let's, let's recommence. So you're going to keep your right fingertips on your left collarbone and windshield wiper your knees to the right. And then back to the center. And you may need further adjustment to the position of your hip. And as your knees windshield wiper, bring your shoulders back too. So your two shoulder blades are gonna be on the floor as your knees windshield wiper. Just to the right and back to the center. And notice how when your knees drop slowly to the right, that your collarbone, your left collarbone, it does something. And when your knees return to center, it does something. It's not at all static. I know most of us don't walk around thinking as we're walking, ambulating, about how active and involved our collarbones are, but it's kind of crazy. And not only the movement, but the attitude. What's the energy there under your fingers? 
What's the intention? And then the next time your knees are over to the right, go ahead and roll onto your right side. Keep your feet wide, but roll onto your right side. And then keep your knees in the windshield wiper position and open and close your chest. Roll it open so you bring your left shoulder blade back to the floor and then roll it closed. Come back onto your side. And you may need to adjust the blanket. Might not be high enough. And the whole time, as you're moving, you're recognizing that the movement is secondary to your experience of the movement, your experience of your collarbone. And if you haven't already, just cross that left arm over you. The next time your heart is open, your two shoulder blades are on the floor. Open your arms up. Keep your knees windshield wipered to the right. But open your arms up and then just breathe and imagine that your knees are windshield wipering. Just imagine the knees moving up and then to the right. Divide your awareness between the imagined movement and the attitude of the collarbone. Is that okay? Is that okay on your knee? Okay. One more imaginary repetition. And then just yield. Find the softest, calmest, posture for your left collarbone. And without actually changing anything, just in your imagination, just in your imagination, imagine that your left collarbone is going to roll to that closed position. And then it's going to roll back open to this open position. Just imagine that one more time. Rolling closed, whatever that means to you. And rolling open. And then I'm going to have you do it twice more, but divide your attention between the imagined movement 
and the character and attitude of your hip. Okay. And this time, when you move in your imagination to close the collarbone, roll to your right side, gather the top knee, the left knee, into your chest. Use your hands to hold it there. And then just lay the left thigh on top of the right thigh. Your left arm is on your side or on your pocket. Your right fingertips are on your left collarbone and keep it isolated. Just move your hip forward and back. So not the twisted pigeon quite yet. Just move your hip forward and back. And I wouldn't be surprised if one side is harder. That seems uh, predictable. One side's going to be harder. Try to keep your shoulder as stable as you can, right? So just laying on your side, your shoulder's not moving much. This movement is incredibly challenging. And you're going to have to do a little detective work to figure out where it comes from. I mean, since our earliest years, we are taught to pull your shoulders back. Don't let your shoulders round forward. So it can be difficult to train yourself to do anything else with your shoulders, never mind your collarbones. And it's a little bit the same with the hips, right? M moving your hip and swinging your hip like this is not typically considered socially acceptable, even though this is a perfectly normal and necessary human movement. So it makes sense that it's a little challenging. It's kind of hard to figure out because we've kind of trained ourselves not to do it. The next time your hip is slid forward, just poke it forward. And once again, use your hands to hold your knee. Pull it into your chest. Poke your hip forward. Pull the knee into your chest. Try not to fall over your face. And then the bottom hand, you know that right hand that's on the bottom? That is the hand that you're going to use to place on the front of your left ankle, your top ankle. Point the knee up and then just land the sole of the foot in front of the thigh for the twisted pigeon in front of the thigh, not the shin, and your heart opens up to the sky. Your right hand continues to hold the ankle. You're going to need a closed chain because I'm going to have you do a little bit more of that hip forward and back. And when your hip moves forward, probably your, your knee goes forward. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They're connected, aren't they? But if your, hip, if your knee is kind of dropping in towards your chest, is your hip actually moving forward or is it doing something else? Take your left fingertips to your left collarbone and notice what's going on. What's the, what's the character? What's the attitude of the collarbone as your hip is shifting? I would be surprised if it wasn't doing anything. And if you feel that this side is harder for you to coordinate, could you be a little bit curious about how the collarbone could help? Just say, hey, collarbone, what, what do you have to offer?
Then the next time your hip settles backward and your collarbone settles and yields toward the floor, stretch your left arm out to the left. Take a breath. And then only in your imagination and only a few times, move the hip forward and back. Notice how your collarbone anticipates this imaginary movement, how its attitude changes. And then allow the hip once again to settle in the back position in your imagination. And move your left collarbone in your imagination. Move it up and then move it back like you did before when you isolated your shoulder. Just in your imagination. And divide your attention between this imagined movement of your shoulder and the character and attitude of your hip. Arms can be just stretched out in a comfortable position now. If you don't need to hold your ankle to keep it from slipping. And then the next time your collarbone slips back into the softest, most yielding, sweetest posture to stay. My favorite quote ever comes from a book called The Mirror of Yoga. It's by a famous teacher called Richard Freeman. And he says that it is the teacher's foremost duty to return you to your intelligence, to give you back your heart. They do this about by being completely honest with you about what they know and how they know it. Here's what I know, your body way smarter than me. Your nervous system, so wise. The way I see it, it's my job to put you into places and positions and situations where you get to experience it for yourself and help you to trust yourself enough to know that the work has been done. That your body is smart enough, is intelligent enough. But if we're all hung up about moving the hip or having the shoulder in just the perfect position, not really going to work, is it? That's anti-intelligent.
Let's take one more breath. And then take your time, Yogi. Find your way onto your back, your feet flat. Center your hips once again. And when you're ready, with your hands uh, crossed over your chest and your opposite fingertips touching collarbones, you'll do your pelvic tilt. You'll roll your tail up and then you'll roll it down. And you'll feel that chain of intelligence all the way from the pelvis to the chin. And you will make full use of this tool you have, which is your awareness, not just of the position and posture of the collarbones, but the attitude. I'd like to offer a slightly more challenging option if you would like it. Lift your feet off the floor, draw your knees towards your chest, but keep your hands across your chest and do the same pelvic tilts without your feet on the floor. That's a little harder, that's a little harder, but you'll get a little more feedback if that's something that you're ready for. And remember, it's not about the movement, it's about the experience. Imagine that you are giving your body back its intelligence by showing it things, by putting it into situations and contexts where it can learn. And then please just plant the two feet flat. Keep your fingers on opposite collarbones, but walk your feet close together so they're touching. Allow the right knee to slowly open and your hip to rock. Yeah, well, both hips rock. Both hips rock to the right. And notice what happens to the collarbones. And then when the knee comes up and the hip return, the hips return to center. Notice what happens. Now let's do the left. And it's not just your thigh opening, you're gonna let your hips rock as well. And then bring it back. And you have to be pretty sensitive, pretty sensitive for this, but see if you can notice maybe a split second before the leg actually moves, what happens, what is the attitude of the collarbone? Whether your leg is moving up or down. What is the, the movement, the posture, and the attitude of the collarbone? And remember that you are the teacher. And you're being completely honest about what you know and how you know it. Next time the knees are together, I'm going to have you stay. And try this. Find an attitude of closing the hip in the right collarbone. Closing the right hip in the right collarbone. And then open the right hip with the right collarbone in an attitude of closing.
Keep the right thigh open and let your right collarbone open. Now keep your right collarbone in an attitude of opening and yielding and close your right thigh. And then allow the right collarbone to resume its habitual position. Let's do that on the left. So keep your left collarbone in a posture and attitude of closing as the left hip opens, the left thigh opens. Keep it. Hold. Breathe. Notice what feelings arise. And then allow the left collarbone to find a full open posture and attitude. Keep a left collarbone posture and attitude of opening as you close your left thigh and hip. Keep open on the left collarbone. I'm gonna give you about a minute to play with that. In about a minute. So one thigh, one shoulder. If you want to try opposite shoulder, for example, you want to open your left thigh, but keep your left collarbone in an attitude of closing. It's up to you. This is you being the teacher. And the next time both sides are together, take a breath. Feel both collarbones open and yield and soften as both thighs open. Soles press. Soles press. And with the thighs open, just try closing your left collarbone. And then soften it. And with your thighs open, just try closing your right collarbone. Soften. Try closing both collarbones, even with the thighs open. Soften. Let your arms rest by your sides. Only in your imagination, no actual movement. Feel collarbones close and open a couple more times. And then just rest in your Suptabhada Konasana. Feel free to put blocks under thighs if it's a little too much. Or your extra blanket and a block.
Let's just take one more breath and Supta Bada Konasana. And then use your hands to help you draw your thighs back up and together. And when you're ready, stretch your two legs out long. Heels about as wide as your mat. Toes flop out to the sides. And as you breathe in, breathe into your soft, yielding collarbones. Breathe into soft, yielding collarbones. Breathe into a soft, yielding heart. A soft, yielding belly. Shavasana. Yogis. It's time to deepen the breath again. Time to restore movement. Find your way onto the side of your choice. Roll into your hands, rise up to your seat. Press your palms together in front of your heart. Namaste. Self-care isn't just about getting away or escaping. Self-care is about returning to yourself, honoring your body's vast intelligence and supporting your very, very real needs. It's also really hard. If you're struggling with knowing how to nurture and support yourself for optimal wellness, join me this winter in the beautiful Samana Peninsula of the Dominican Republic. 
This late winter retreat will introduce you to the pillars of self-care, all while you're revitalizing yourself with daily movement and mindfulness practice, fresh local cuisine, glorious nature, and incredible opportunities to soak up the culture and history of the Dominican Republic. March 3rd through the 10th of 2024 will be here before you know it. Click the link in the show notes to learn more and claim your spot in this incredible wellness retreat.